A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is an international rugby podcast. There will be a domestic-focused podcast coming to this feed very, very soon. So I suggest you just subscribe and then you get double bubble this week. But for now, gentlemen... JB, Phil, I'm Tim. Let's put hands in pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, a podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, with the usual, the holy trinity, all back together and in the same room. Amazingly. Amazingly, on my part. Uh, JB's always here. That's JB. Hello, Tim. Uh, Phil's always here. That's Phil. Hello, Tim. And it's physically me. I'm here. <laughs> Good to see you physically again. Tim. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, we're going to be talking about international rugby, as I mentioned. Could I just say that if you subscribe on your iTunes feed to Acast, uh, then we will deliver the domestic podcast as well, straight to you. You don't even have to think about it. But while you're there, why not take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes, like Russi has done, who says, if Trevor Leota was a podcast, he would be this podcast. Wow. <laughs> what, five foot by five foot by five foot? Same as our studio. <laughs> uh, Blind540 says, uh, the Egg Chasers podcast, as wily as a Joe Schmidt, Schmidt team, as clean as a Steve Hansen locker room floor, and as predictable as watching Gloucester perform. Uh, J- finally, Jay Weatherly says, better than an Ellis Genge tweet, a six-hour layover with the All Blacks, or last week's X Factor performance by Barista Chic. Wow. <laughs> uh, leave your reviews on iTunes and you might get a little mention. Thank you very much. Uh, just w- one bit of international rugby news that I, I want to start with. Did you see one of the results of the weekend, Germany beating Uruguay? Yeah, amazing. Love that. Yes. Big with a, with a last-minute penalty kick. And the reason why it's so significant is Uruguay obviously qualified for the last year's World Cup and performed ad- admirably, a lot of heart, um, without actually winning the game. Uh, and Germany didn't, and I don't think they've ever qualified for a World Cup, so it shows an improving force in world rugby. Absolutely. Which is always a good thing. Do you know what the name of the German... When Germany talk about their national teams okay. football rugby whatever do you know what they call their national teams I would say like Imperial Eagle or something <laughs> no Imperial Eagles this, this is what people are you alright JB you no. always do this you start You're... the podcast and then start having a good old little rummage I don't know why but my microphone's falling down <laughs> well let's sort that out and then I'll tell because I want, I want your full attention for this yeah How does this kind of stuff happen in the every time we leave the studio and everything's in perfect working order yeah. and we come back a week later and nothing works. Yeah. Right, there you go. Okay. The German national team, the German public would refer to their rugby team as their national manschaft. 
<laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Can I get that engraved on a cornerstone razor? Oh, uh, but that's exactly what I was thinking. Wow. Because up till now, I just thought the National Man Shaft was a cornerstone razor. One of my favourite films, National Man Shaft. <laughs> so what does it actually... Uh, what's the direct translation? Uh, do you actually want to know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm assuming it just means the national team. Uh, man shaft. Let's go for that. Yeah. Man shaft. Uh, but if you want to get a man shaft, the best man shaft available, uh, then you need to go to cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers uh, because you could get your cornerstone razor, which is better than Gillette, better than Wilkinson sword, the best on the market. Don't just take our word for it, although we've tried them all and we know, uh, but it, the GQ Awards voted it as such. And you could get your first order for £4, which would include your free engraved cornerstone shaft, man shaft. You can have it if you're a woman as well. Uh, but there you go. Cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg 10 at checkout. Right. Lovely job. International rugby. Uh, how much of it did you see? Because you, you would have been playing on Saturday, JB. Uh, no, we didn't have a game this week. So oh, I beautiful. saw all of it, I think. It's annoying that they were all on, a bunch of them were on at the same time. Yeah, not very TV friendly, is it? No. Yeah. Uh, it, it's okay when you're dual screening, though as I was doing during England and the uh, Scotland-Australia game. Ah, well, I just watched back-to-back. I recorded one. I watched the England <laughs> game live, and then I went to the rugby club, watched the Wales game, then I came home, went to the Purple Island game. Yeah. So I've got them all in, and I've watched them all twice. So Yeah, I've watched them all. I've caught up on the France-Samoa and the not New Zealand-Italy. not I, seen that one. I even watched the England-Australia Rugby League, which was wholly disappointing. Yeah. Mm, it was. Rugby League outside of Australia is disappointing though, isn't it? Yes. Performance of the weekend. Would you... Uh, who would you... I mean, do, do England get that? I think so. I think they probably do, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a perfect performance, but it was all round pretty good. Uh, Eddie will be happy, but as he said in his post-match interview, there's quite a few things to work on. Well, that's a worrying thing, isn't it, for everyone else who doesn't support England, is how good they could be. I mean, there's a lot of players on there who shouldn't be starting yeah, or have been there because of injury. And I think there's some areas of improvement and they could be drastic improvements. I'm thinking of the wings and I'm thinking of, well, actually, no, not drastic improvements, just starters to come into the pack. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got uh, three starters to come in immediately if you change the locks, albeit... I mean, two seasons ago we were talking about, or three seasons ago we were talking about Laws and Launch Prix as being potentially one of the best second row pe- partnerships <laughs> yes. in the world. And now their second choice against possibly the best second row partnership in the world, Retallick and Whitelock excluded. No, I think a Todgy and Cruz are better than Retallick and Whitelock. Do there, you? There you go. I've said it. Wow. I've said it on a podcast. Uh, that is incredible. Yeah, I want to see. Well, I, let, let, let's let's make that decision uh, because, again, we haven't seen Retallick and Whitelock together since the World Cup. And really. I'll tell you something else yeah. as well. If if Atoji and Cruz did not play together at Saracens, I wouldn't be surprised if Launchbury played ahead of one of them. Yeah, I think they're like the one I, A, B, so, and C. So here's a question: I could see that. Would you break up Crutoji, uh and uh, and put Launchbury in there and Itoji into the back row? Well, I think that's what Jones was talking about. Obviously, not as a six. Obviously, a seven because definitely. We know, we know <laughs> yeah. the, he doesn't have any of the characteristics of a six, but all of the characteristics of a the, seven. The only characteristics you need for se- for seven in England team is just not be called Chris Robshaw. <laughs> That's it. I could do it. You could do it. Phil could do it. Yeah, Ben Youngs, yeah. Danny Kerr, perfect sevens, just not not Chris Robshaw. Hmm. Uh, would you? Would you? So you're thinking I'd, that that will be something he experiments with? I would be tempted to. Yes, I I would be. 
because uh, Launchbury, he was deserved man of the match, albeit there was a few other players uh, who could have got it. Um, and I, I think it's too hard to ignore that kind of form. I think that will be very, very interesting. JB, I think I might need to go up a little, a little tiny bit. Uh, no, you look fine on here. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, absolutely okay. sure. All right, fine, good. Um, so, yes, so what, well, sorry, there's that. Uh, other observations from England, South Africa, then let's stay with the positives. Good to see Johnny May back in an England shirt, looking good, <sighs> looking consistently world class, Phil. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that's my direct quote. <laughs> I think it is exactly your quote. We I can go back into the annals of history and find it. I think I said consistently outstanding. Consistently world class is what you said. Um, <laughs> world class. Good. He, he, took that, good. he took that try very, very well. well the team took that try oh, superbly okay. well. Uh, so, yeah, Johnny May. I'm shocked that he is in the England team. Absolutely stunned. He must be a lot better than I realise. In fact, anyone realises except for the people who are around him and train with him every day. Uh, in my opinion, he's, he's to England... What Tom Croft is to the Lions? Uh, essential cog in the what, team. Guaranteed to get in at the Guaran- last minute. Guaranteed to get in, last minute, injured for his club continuously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the one thing I think that still there's a question mark hanging over Marlon Yard, that was not that, that only oh. confounded our doubts about him yeah, versus completely. Rocco before the match. How, is that, yeah. how has this happened? I'd, I'm not quite sure. The, I, I can only imagine that... Um, Yard trains spectacularly, and Rocco just is hanging around the back of the bike shed smoking or something like that. He must be a terrible <laughs> trainer because Rocco's. Fo- you look at them in the Aviva this season. The Avicii, the Avicii, Avicii Premiership, Avicii Premiership mm-hmm. this season, and Rocco has been one of the best three players in the in the Avicii. He's made the most meters with ball in hand, most clean breaks, and he's scored second most tries. And Marlon Yard has done none of those things, not even close to any of those things. And this poor performance he put on on Saturday replicated his his Aviva Premiership form. Aviva Premiership form. I completely yeah. agree. And what's interesting is, I think Eddie Jones showed that he's willing to pick on form by dropping Jonathan Joseph and picking Daly, and that yeah. was that was vindicated mm. with yeah. the performances that you saw. Jonathan Joseph appears to have forgotten how to pass a rugby ball. Yeah. Jonathan Joseph, in my opinion, has got lazy since he's had all the success. He's not the player that he was last year for Bath, this year for Bath, and I think that Elliot Daly not only deserves his place. But for Jonathan Joseph to get his place back, he's not just got to get back to his best, he's got to get beyond that. Because yeah. Elliot Daly gives you a kicking option, he gives you positional flexibility, he's got skills that Jonathan Joseph doesn't have, and he's also quite quick. He's very quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that kick, it's, it is important to highlight that kicking, because you've got one of the best kickers in the world, uh, both short-term and long-term form and consistency in Owen Farrell. Mm. But to have someone like Daly, to, particularly in... Uh, close games, kind of knockout rugby games or six yeah. nation games, to have someone who can knock it over from fifty plus meters. I mean, they said on Saturday his uh, longest penalty in the Premiership this 60. season is sixty meters. Yeah. Having someone like that in in your team is enormous. So, and he's not bad either. That's the other thing. He's not. Just, oh yeah, he's not just there for the kicking, like a Neil Jenkins or someone like that. Greg Laidlaw, <laughs> now, not not Greg Laidlaw. On the flip side, someone that we have had doubts about. A number of times in the past, but who showed up fantastically well was Ben Youngs. Now mm. he's infuriating, isn't he? Right, yeah. because this is he was masterful. No two ways about it. Absolutely brilliant. Those two tries that he set up for Ford and Farrell were mm. world class, world class breaks, and the composure to take the foot off the accelerator, let the support catch up, time the pass to perfection. Try. Yeah. Now next game, he's going to get battered around the fringes continuously. Yeah. And there's I need to get this quote right. It's 
this might not be exactly right, but I'll give it a go. So as an old Argentine coach who talked about wing-backs, he said, like, if you attack with your wing-backs five times in a game, you'll surprise the opposition team three times. You do it seven times, you'll surprise them twice. You do it nine times, you won't surprise them at all. And this is kind of like Ben Young's. He picked his, he picks his moments perfectly, and he certainly did last week. But if he tries it too much, and that's what happens to him. He tries it too much, you see it for Leicester, and then he starts to get battered. So that's why he's infuriating. One good performance for Ben Young's can easily translate to next game being absolutely terrible, and that's the danger. So I was actually thinking, he, he took those brilliantly, and he deserves a huge amount of credit, but it was made easy because South Africa didn't have the defensive alignment, they didn't get their guards in, you had Peter Steftutoit, who was completely out I'm of... glad you got his name right, because I listened to you on a, on another <laughs> um, rugby programme in Manchester here, the BBC rugby programme that you featured on, I listened to their, uh, I listened to that, and you called him what? Uh, Peter Steph to tweet. No, you call him uh, <laughs> Peter St- uh, Philip or Peter. No, Peter Steph to twat is, is what you called him. <laughs> it's a South African thing. <laughs> I, I like the fact he's got the initials PSDT. I think PTSD would have been <laughs> yeah. more appropriate after Saturday. After that, yeah. yeah. But how much of that was? It was brilliance by Ben Youngs, but it was also kind of contributed by. South Africa's poor defensive alignment. Yeah, why is no one putting guards in? Is it no? Is it not trendy anymore? <laughs> it's the next thing. Someone heard Steve Hansen at one point must have said, "Ah, oh, now just not bothering with the guards, mate." Oh, okay. Everyone copies it. Yeah, because New Zealand got caught doing it against Ireland. Yeah, um, South Africa twice. Isn't that the basis of, of defense? Guards in first. Guards work in out from first. There. Work out there. Yeah. Maybe I'm just playing rugby from the 1960s. Or so. I mean, probably. <laughs> I'm, probably. Am. There are brighter minds than me. Involved are we in being? I was going to say, are we being like those guys in the stands? Yeah. Who, who think they know everything? But it yeah. does seem pretty basic, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Is the game happening at such a pace that you're not able to set them? I don't know. I don't think so. Can we just spare a word for South Africa as well? Oh, I know. I mean, what on earth are they doing? I know there's all sorts of political turmoil and yada yada yada. Not really that interested in, in that bit. But Co- Cortez or Cortez, he doesn't seem to know what his best team is. Cortez, whatever his name is, don't really care. Um, <laughs> he doesn't know how to, how to pick the team. He doesn't know what his best team is. He has a style of play which seems to have gone out of fashion quite some time ago. The best team in South Africa are the Lions, and yet very few of their players get in. Yeah, there was Whiteley. There was Crombrink. The toilet line? Uh, I don't think so. No. I mean, I don't know. Is Yanchi's injured? Uh, Again, I don't know. It just seems he's got an inability uh, not to be able to see how to use these players. When they'd already been battered and the last 10 minutes and they had absolutely nothing to lose... They they started opening up and looking. I mean, yeah, yeah, that coincided with De Klerk coming on them because I thought Page was useless. Yeah, um, the, but the first ten minutes they were good. They were solid. Mm-hmm. Contributed by to by um, England giving four penalties away in the first eight minutes, something like that. Mm. England's discipline was appalling, and, and you thought this is going to be a long day. But as soon as they cut out the silly errors, actually got themselves on side and weren't handling in the rook or coming around the side then South Africa didn't have much. Yeah, I, I really hope South Africa can get over this because rugby isn't oh. the same without a really strong, tough South Africa team. It's like the NFL without the Raiders. It doesn't work. They they will get over it, but mm. time scales are the, is the concern. It's such a big rugby nation, they will get over it, but 
it's not a I'm quick not sure fix. They, I'm not sure that they will. They've um, got so, so, they've got so many the guys in the meat grinder in France. You've got other guys being taken off as project players for other nations. I mean, they've still got enough good young players. I mean, Jesse Creel couldn't be available. Rohan Janzi von Rendsburg yeah. Yeah. is class. Yeah, uh, and they have got they have got a, a production line, consistent production line. I think they haven't been well coached for two, maybe three coaches ago. Yeah, and could, could see it just looks completely bereft of any idea about how to how to. He's never had a Stormers team. team that's done particularly well. I think that's fair to say. He's always been like second best. Um, what but, else? Is like I'd say oh. they, they just look really, really poorly coached. I th- I'm not saying Eddie Jones would have taken them to Twickenham and won, but I think if he'd have had South Africa since the World Cup, they would have had an identity that is more than with ten man rugby. It was u- ugly. Let's just spare a thought for one person this weekend. Uh, Stuart Barnes. Uh, some of his commentary was um, uh, unbelievable in uh, <laughs> maybe not the best way. So the first one of his gems was uh, South Africa will try and slow it down at the down at the line outs. Try and play traditional grinding rugby. What do they do? They threw it over the line out straight to the twelve. For very first line out. <laughs> yeah. Oh right. Okay. Uh, and the next one was about Eddie Jones trying to, you know, he'll he'll get this team just like Japan, nice and fit. Now I'm not saying they're as fit as Japan. No, no, they are. They absolutely are. <laughs> I mean, yes. So no, was... he, he then said, "I'm not saying they're as small as Japan. No, <laughs> no, they're, no they're not as small as Japan. <laughs> like anyone. What, was what's your that? point? <laughs> um, wow. And then he's uh, Johnny May sports car down an alley. Oh well, yeah, brilliant. You don't take a sports car down an alley. Well, I guess sometimes you do. Yeah, but well, occasionally. Yeah, you then you have to t- yeah, you turn, turn it around and come back out again. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, JB, that we were, did have a few comments off the back of a bit of punditry from you last week, which was, uh, well, we've learnt the way to beat the All Blacks, score more points than them. <laughs> is that absolutely true? You've got to score more points. That a is, lot more points. That is just like Michael Owens. Teams, teams rarely win when they don't score any goals. Very rarely. <laughs> you've got to outscore them significantly, and you've got to keep scoring. Uh, yeah, so that was England, South Africa, I guess. So, yeah, broadly positive for England. Anything to work on that you would kind of highlight? Because Eddie Jones has said a few things. Yeah, um, the actual performance itself wasn't great, particularly the first half. I thought by the end of the first half, the score, uh, the score actually flattered them. I mean, that but brown what, try what? might not have been a brown. That brown try might not have happened. Yeah, Elliot Daly might, might might not have kicked it. It wasn't that clear cut actually. But what would you change you, rather than just saying a better performance? What is there anything specific you would change? I just thought like basic ball retention. Yeah, you know, and they weren't quite. Uh, hang on, hang on. If I was going to change one thing, I'd increase their line speed. <laughs> Nailed. Uh, they've got too many guards in as well. Far too many guards yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, far too many guards. Yeah. And they're, they're too. They're too. Their defense is too solid around the fringes. Yeah, they, they need to open that up. Would a you? Bit. Would you say they need to win? Bigger collisions in defence after increasing the line speed. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Mind you, can we just mention, because we didn't have the chance to talk about it last podcast, I think it came out on the Monday but um, or in the week, but Paul Gustard's maverick defensive tactics that came out this yes. week involving bringing wolves and snakes into the changing room and reading a poem to the guys before that, was it the second test? They can't the be real first? wolves, can they? Yeah, no, they, yeah, they real, were real wolves and snakes. Well, okay, so... So the, the wolves had handlers. <laughs> it's not really that intimidating, is it? A- apparently, from what I read, so he's giving the speech, and 
whether there was a signal or something, but the Wolves kind of went for the players and the, the handlers had them on the end of the chain. Uh, to which the players were bricking it. Can you imagine the compensation claim, right? <laughs> if a wolf chewed through Nathan, uh, Nathan Hughes's calf. Good, good luck to that wolf, by go. the way. Good luck to the wolf. Uh, what, like two tons of pressure or, or you know, per square inch or something. Uh, and try, imagine, imagine writing the claim form. Do you, I want to know, do you think, because it, it sounds very Lancaster era, that, doesn't it? It, it does a little bit. Do you bit. think Paul Gustard ran this by Eddie Jones beforehand or whether he did it without his say-so? Because I can just imagine Eddie Jones's face when Paul Gustard says, like, boss, can you just sign this off? Yeah, yeah. what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing a defensive session. Okay, what, what, what is it? Um, I'm getting some live wolves and snakes <laughs> into the room with the boys. You can boys. imagine the email, like the, cor- <laughs> like the corporate email. It flashes up on Gustard's um, email account saying, invoice, has anyone invoiced for three wolves? <laughs> three wolves and eight snakes. <laughs> Oh, that be Paul. Um, before was it the first test in Australia? No, was first it? or second. First, the, the one where they had the massive defensive. Effort. Yeah, was that the second, second test. test. Yeah, uh, he he read the, the the man made of glass. The guy in the glass. The guy in the glass. Dale Wimbrook. Which is which no, is the a, man made of glass is a Tom Croft story. <laughs> <laughs> which is an excellent poem, by the way. The, the, guy, the, the guy in the glass, and he gave every player a pocket mirror so they could go back to their room and examine their inner, oh, ma- their that, inner man. I, I don't like that. Hate that I do. so much. I like I like the poem because it is genuinely a powerful piece. Uh, the pocket mirror, I'm not so sure about. Oh, I hate it. I hate anything like that tries to. I don't know. Ugh, it makes me feel awful. So I, I can tell you from first-hand experience. When I was playing, we were having a crap season, getting hammered every game, and we had a. a speech from uh, an Iraqi war veteran who stepped on an IED and he was he was talking about his experiences um, and it, it was one of the best, one of the most powerful hour-long training sessions we ever had and it, bro- it felt like it brought everyone together because it puts everything into perspective um, and so I, I can understand this kind of thing. I think it has its place. Obviously you don't want to be doing this 24-7 no. yeah. but it has its place and it can be a because they're not going to be training twenty four seven. They're not going to be in the gym or on the field every, every single well, hour. As much as anything, just stopping that that monotony. Yeah. Of, like, there's nothing worse than doing the same drills yeah. that you've done time and again for mm. too long, and just yeah. breaking it up and doing something really different. I can see that it can be really yeah. fresh. But I did read it and just think of JB and what you yeah. what you'd be thinking. The, I mean, the, I like wolves. I like snakes. I bet they weren't ven- venomous snakes, were they? Or snakes capable of killing a man? Surely not. <laughs> uh, that would be insane. That would be... It does sound pretty insane. Corn snakes and grass snakes. <laughs> Are they uh, pretty weak? Yeah, yeah. They're... Could you take a couple of oh, them? Oh, ha- yeah, battle on. Absolutely <laughs> battle on. But th- that said, it's... It, it... Obviously, he was doing this with Saracens as well, but it's, for some reason, it doesn't seem as odd with Saracens because they just go, right, team building exercise. Everyone, 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 a... everyone jump out of plane. Yeah. <laughs> In Saracens, they've normally had 10 pints before they do it, though, yeah. haven't they? Yeah. yeah, before they start handling cobras. <laughs> <laughs> cobra Handling a cobra while skydiving after 10 pints. Yeah, that's an initiation. <laughs> oh, well, could, could Rob Howley do with freshening something up with Wales then doing something a little bit different? No, but possibly the best result for Wales is if Rob Howley was bitten by a cobra. Um, <laughs> and that's unfair. Uh, the guy's out of his depth, I, I feel. And do you know, he's got the look of a defeated football manager. Do you know when they're just about to get fired? Like when they get the vote of no confidence. Yeah. yeah. The vote of confidence. Even. I mean, I don't know what it is about Rob Howley, but... 
Well, actually, I know exactly what it is, so I'll tell him. It's He's been Gatlin's understudy for as long as I can remember now. He had a little yeah. stint at Cardiff Blues. He's been with him through Wasps, through Wales. You know, he might be very good at his job as a positional coach or as an attack coach. I don't know. But he's not earned that position through his own merit, going through the club system, being a head coach, being a DOR, being any of those things. And now he's got charge of the national team. And Wales is not an easy place to coach. And, and well, hold on. Let me just pick, pick up on something you just said. He may well be a very good positional attacking coach. Yeah. Well, let's examine Wales' attacking efforts in the last few years. No, I, on that basis, I would argue, no, he's not. Well, yeah, um, he can hang his hat on the... 32, whatever it is, defeat of England when Wales won the Six Nations Championship two years ago. Because he was insulted. No, four years ago now. Because, of course, Gatlin was with the Lions. Yes, well, that's yeah. what you want in a coach. Someone who can hark back four years to something when trying to defend their well, position. And that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The last time we saw him as a head coach was four years ago. Other than that, he makes tea and coffee for Gatlin occasionally. I mean, <laughs> it's just... I understand why he's there. I, I don't like... I, Hmm, I don't want to say it's time for change because I love Gatlin so much, but maybe after all this time, it is time for change. And the change isn't having your understudy look after the team for however long it is. 12 months, it'll be. Yeah. Well, let's try and look at it in terms of the good and the bad, like we did with England. Uh, the good for Wales. Alan Wynne, getting Alan Wynne-Jones, Liam Williams, you saw how indispensable, and Sam Warburton, how indispensable those guys are to yeah. this team. Conversely, that is a disaster, isn't it? Mm. Because... You would say, look how indispensable Haskell, Etoji, and Cruz are for England. Yeah, and they're so reliant on on these guys. Yeah, uh, Wales, um, Wales are. I mean, we said it last week that we thought the understudies were yeah. fairly good, but mm. this just shows the golfing class. And you would have said, well, actually, England have got a few players that they are they can't do without. And at the moment, that would probably be Owen, Owen Farrell, Owen Farrell, Billy Vanapola. But actually, Nathan Hughes now is yeah filling that role. Although I was slightly underwhelmed. It's difficult to make yeah. your debut in the yeah. 70th minute or whatever it was, but I was slightly underwhelmed by by Hughes. Yeah. Making his debut. On debut. On debut. Hey, another positive for Wales. Thomas Francis did things. He's what? For, for 80 what minutes. What do you do? He, did I miss it? For a full 80 minutes. Well, for one thing, he actually scrummaged quite well for most of the game. Yeah, he did. Donny Prop. Yeah, but this is the same guy that literally went crowd surfing over the England pack. That's <laughs> <laughs> something I've not seen for, I don't know, maybe a year and I play at level eight. You know? so, uh, so I can tell you he did make eight tackles, yeah. which is pretty positive. Uh, he also made one pass and do you know how many carries he made? Three. Three. One knock on. Uh, just the one carry. One knock on. Uh, one knock on, one turnover conceded. <laughs> one carry for how many yards? Uh, minus zero. three. Three. Three odds. Uh, zero is correct, Tim. <laughs> Tell you what, give him credit. He is consistent. <laughs> he is He is consistent. <laughs> but I, I was also... His scrummaging yeah, held up very well against a, a big, big, strong and Argentinian pack. Nicky Smith looks a good prospect at loose head as well, coming through. So it's, it's, not all, it's not all doom and gloom. And they got a win, for goodness sake. Let's be honest yeah. about that. But let's move on to the to the bad then. Wales, for some time, have just been headless chickens anywhere near the opposition try line. Yes. They had a huge amount of territory and possession, particularly in that first half. And Well, they didn't score a try in that first half, did they? It was 6-3 at half-time. Yeah. Um, and you thought you almost thought they'd blown it because they, they couldn't convert. They eventually did in, in the second half through, through Liam Williams. But then Argentina had two minutes less than two minutes in 
Wales is 22 and immediately score a try. Mm. And they did that a couple of times. I mean, that the amount of time that Argentina spent in Wales's half was virtually zero, but they were clinical. Well, yeah. I when, mean, they, when they did it. And will, Argentina didn't play well. No, they didn't. And if you look at the Australia performance last week, Australia did very well at cutting Wales up on the outside channels. That's where they were strong. Argentina just ran straight into the Welsh defence uh, and they could get the line speed right. How The line speed was good and the collisions were good. So <laughs> they clearly worked on that this week. Uh, and that's basically what they did. There wasn't much invention from Argentina. Uh, and because of that, that's, that's why they lost. I think more the most worrying thing about this isn't it was actually how brainless they are when they when they're in the opposition twenty two. They ignored enormous overlaps. You could see George North, Liam Williams, Lee Halfpenny with their their arms in the air, just mm. pass the ball. Yeah. And they ignored it and just have white line fever so many times. And that's the same reason they couldn't beat a thirteen man Australia team. In the exactly World Cup. the same. Yeah. So it's not anything that's just come about now under Rob Howley. This is Warren Gatland. This is the whole Welsh setup for some time. Mm. But as, as soon as they, the one time where they did get into Argentina's twenty-two and they spread the ball wide, wide, Liam Williams had that brilliant finish where he steps inside, beats three men, and crashes over. Liam Williams is spectacular, isn't he? Yeah. he he's playing superb rugby yeah for for a couple of seasons now he's been superb and for a man who looks as we've talked about before like, like he's riding an imaginary horse space hopper <laughs> giant space hopper and you know what i know it's been said it's been done to death this but he never was in an academy he's come through the club system he's played he's a, he's a scaffolder and he made his way basically the hard way yeah josh beaumont's the same I mean, he's not playing. Not, uh, he's not playing top. Yeah, but do you top, think top, he's not? He's not man of the match in international fixtures. He was yeah. never a scaffolder either, was yeah. he? Yeah, and the good thing about Josh no. Beaumont as well is he's done it. He's got no other connections to rugby. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's found his own way. Yeah. Um, anything else to take out of this game? Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've got a question for you. Here's I'm gonna put. I'm gonna make a statement, and you can discuss. If any other home nations fly half was playing for Wales against Argentina, Wales would have won comfortably. I'm I'm putting it to you. Dan Bigger is in a horrible run of form and doesn't deserve the 10 shirt. Do you want to go first, Jay? Okay, so you're going to make comments like that again. You're not going to make them in this dungeon. <laughs> that's, that's, that's your first warning. It'll be your last. Uh, second. Now, Dan Bigger is a, a man for the big game. That's been proven time and time again. Uh, and if you don't believe me, ask James Hawke, ask Gavin, H- Gavin Henson, ask all the guys that he's beaten in, in, into that position. And no doubt Sam Davis will soon fall foul to the, exactly that, that thing. But this isn't a big game. Because uh, if it was a big game, the Welsh, the Welsh crowds would have taken it seriously. Uh, more than 50,000 w- would have shown up. So I will say this. If the Welsh nation can't take it seriously, why should Dan Bigger? And we got exactly <laughs> what we deserved. Um, I tend to agree with you, Tim. Uh, he did make one excellent break, I think, in the second yeah. half. Um, but some of his passing, some of his kicking was just a bit uh, not very well thought through, a bit thoughtless. Uh, and also, he does something that I know you hate, Tim. Oh, I which know what you're going to say. Mouthing off at the oh referee, which he was not the only Welshman guilty of doing this. The way he, the way he appealed, right, so... Juan Martin Hernandez outran Dan Bigger. Dan Bigger appealed to the referee for something, was shouting at him even before Hernandez had put the ball down. He was arms up in the air shouting at the ref. Just He was obviously complaining that he let in a try to the referee. 
<laughs> that said, I can understand why that referee was maybe given a little bit of stick because he he everything he said. He's, he he never sounded confident because he had that Aussie going up at the end of every yeah. sentence. Yeah. So he's saying, now I'm going to yell a card you. No, thank you. A high tackle. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's asking questions the whole time. But no, Wales were just whinging so much. Just yeah. get on with it. I would have I would have liked to see a couple of penalties being given for that because it would stop very, very quickly as right. soon as the ref starts blowing up. Amen. Hmm. Amen. So you're... I mean... That said, I say you've got Sam Davies who's looking promising, but he's unproven. Uh, Ainscombe the same. They think I think they see him more as a fifteen. As I don't know what they see in Ainscombe personally. Yeah, I'm, so I'm still not sure. So, but so uh, so maybe Dan Bigger is the best option, but he's not playing well. That's all. Yeah, I, I would I'd go along with that. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't um, disagree. Bigger game next week, home against Japan. So it won't. They've got a bigger game. Ah, right. Uh, so he won't hopefully, be... I think they'll start Sam Davis. Next yeah, week. that'd be That's interesting I think. to see. So, yeah, at least it's not Reese Priestland. God, I had ten options. I mean, <laughs> bigger is amazing, but it has to be the right environment, right, right atmosphere. <laughs> Sam Davis, by all accounts, should be incredible, uh, but not ready. Or oh, then Reese Priestland. Uh, Island fans, we will get to you very soon. But let's talk about the other tight game, which didn't go the way of a home nation side. Oh. Only Scotland hmm. could mess that up. I mean, what do you say about this? It was, you know, it was Scottish. That, that's exactly what it was. It was Scottish. They just love being the plucky loser. Do you know? Do you know what? Someone, um, I saw someone tweeting a link to a little clip from the original train spotting after this match. They went, "Oh, for goodness sake!" And they said, "It's shite being Scottish." And I'll just play you a little bit of this uh, this clip. Um, because Train Spotting Two is back in the news and stuff. Is it? Yeah. People talking about. It. I've never seen Train Spotting One. Would Have you recommend not? it? Oh, it's good. It's a good film. It Twenty years ago. To be Scottish, it's shite being Scottish. For the lowest of the low, the scum of the fucking earth. Oops. No. Oh, oh. The most wretched, miserable, servile, pathetic trash that was ever shined civilization. Yeah, so do um, <laughs> did you check that clip for swearing? Sorry, do we have to. Sorry, sorry. You can beep that out with your forgot, beep machine. I forgot oh, about no. the f bomb. Forgot about the f bomb. Yeah, so um, oh. yeah, well, it's it's just what's going. On. Even William Wallace was killed in the end. I mean, <laughs> they love they like a, a narrow loss, whether it be re- SNP in referendums or the Scottish <laughs> rugby team against Southern Hemisphere teams. It's just what they do. It was the way of the victory, though, wasn't it? Because they started so so well. Yeah, and the worst part about it is they wanted this so much. They wanted yeah. the revenge for the World Cup, and they couldn't do it. They were so were, close as well. They though. were the better team for a large point. Yeah, for 60, 70 minutes, they were the better team. Um, um, Hugh Jones, who scored two brilliant tries. On debut? On de- how Was it complete debut? Or was, was it, it just home debut? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Might have been first start, actually. Oh, yeah, it might have been first start. Well, whatever yeah. it was, I mean... As individuals, they've got a really talented team now. And oh, yeah. For the first time in ages, they've got options. Maybe not uh, fly half, but they do have options. They've got yeah. two fantastic wingers. Uh, uh, they've, got, they've, got more than, they've got more than two fantastic wingers. Because Tommy, Tommy Seymour's yeah. not in it. He would have yeah. he, 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 he done better. Maitland's pretty good. This is this pretty is good. good. You know, so well, They've got multiple options in the centre as well, with Bentley and yeah. Hugh Jones for outside centre. Dunbar. Dunbar's Jones, played very well. Um, Peter Horn can come Bennett. in. And Duncan Taylor, Duncan Taylor obviously yeah. not in there. So they just need to stop winning. I mean, I know it sounds really cliche, but they just need to stop winning. They're, they've got a loser mentality, and that's why they lose. Well, and to be well, to be at home with 
a six-point lead with five minutes to go against a team who are a man down, you've got to close those games out. You have to be able to close those games out. And it was a missed tackle by Peter Horn uh, that allowed Kurindrani to slide and then bash his way through uh, Hogg to, to score, which wasn't pretty, yeah. but that was enough. Yeah. Uh, Will Skelton, by the way, he shed 10 kilograms for the Scotland test, which slimmed him down to a lean 138 kilograms. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he was 148 kilos recently. Bloody hell. But he's doing his best to try not to be picked. Yes, giving yellow cards and penalties away left, right and centre. Mm. So, yeah, just, I mean, we could talk about how brave Scotland were, but I kind of don't think there's any point, really. I mean, what I would the, the only mitigating circumstances here is they had an open side at number eight for the whole game and they had injuries in their back row. Yeah. Again, hey, Australia. Uh, well, yeah, that's what they did as well. Um, <laughs> so I know Scotland wouldn't want to make excuses. WP now, though, huge loss. I mean, Fagerson looks like a really good prospect, but he's only 20. 20 and... yeah. yeah, he's a decent player. Very he, decent player. He is a decent player, but he is young. Yeah, and WP now, I mean, and Dickinson, I suppose, both their starting props would have made a difference, but then I'm sure Australia could point to people that they're missing. And Yes. So it's, yeah. that's an unfair... You never get all 15 stars. No, I mean, the bottom line is... Um, Scotland should have won that game. Yes. And they didn't. Yeah. And how much longer can they retain the plucky loser? I've got a feeling it's going to end in Six Nations. And it's going to end with Wales. It could do. It could do. Uh, yeah, so... Because anyway. they, they are they're playing some nice rugby and they just need to close out games. And... A team, I was going to say, contrast that with Ireland. I think exactly how we've just been describing Scotland... It's how we might have described Ireland in years gone by. Yeah, though you guys weren't particularly keen on discussing this game, were you? Well, it's a second string team against a weak tier two nation. It was a convincing win over Canada. It was quite an entertaining game to watch. Yeah. Oh, it was very entertaining, yeah. Some, it, it some was good like tries. Some super rugby defence and yeah. but just trying to chuck the boys uh, the ball around and let the boys play a bit. But no, I, I don't think we should linger on it too much. However, I think it did demonstrate that the depth a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That where Wales, you've been talking about the depth that Wales don't have, the depth that Ireland do have. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Omani, O'Brien, Healy. These are second string players in Ireland. I, I know, it's unbelievable, isn't it? I, can't, I don't think Peter Earls. Omani or Sean O'Brien will be in the in the side to play New Zealand next week. But this is my point. Yeah. Why are they spending so much money on keeping these guys in the, uh, in the regions, 
in the provinces. Get rid of them. Spend that money on even more kids coming through. Well, well, it hasn't harmed Van der Fleer, Ruddock, uh, and and guys like this. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why it's not really harmed them. It's because they never play. Because <laughs> you're getting those players playing anyway. Yeah, you, you've got the same effect as getting rid of them and sending them over to the Premiership or France. Only you have less money. Exactly right. So <laughs> it's a lose lose. Uh, I would get rid of them immediately just so I can spend more money on more academy products. Well, but what, what do I know? Whatever, whatever formula they've been using, they probably, I would imagine the Irish public would be saying, keep going. Keep doing, yeah, yeah. keep doing it. Well, I'm not going to argue with that. That's a very good point. Dylan, you know, yeah. a guy that I've been bigging up for some time, he looked awesome. and looked he like look he, awesome. he looked like, again, if you wanted to look at versatility of players, he looked like he could do a job at six at international level and, yeah. and at lock. Potentially, yeah. Um, but, and they've got another guy who can do that who's injured at the moment in Hendo. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, the most upsetting part of this was Ireland were drawing with Canada. I was like, imagine if... 14 all. Imagine. Just let's all dream for a while. The Rayburn Cup was held by Canada. <laughs> yes. Wouldn't that of be course. amazing? That would be amazing. Because then... The Rayburn Shield. Yeah, yeah the Rayburn Shield. Because then it would presumably just travel around some of the lesser nations. Exactly. The Rayburn Shield being the shield for the the team who... <sighs> The the, the 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 team that's won. Yeah, it's quite hard. Com- okay, so imagine you're a boxer, right? Yes. And you got your belt. Yes. Then Tim beats me. He he has the exactly, belt. Exactly. It's a belt. It's yeah. it's, the, it's, it's the, the championship belt. The it's a WWE belt. Yes. And it started with England Scotland. Yes. And it has been passed on ever since. Now, and Ireland had it after they beat New Zealand. Yes. Yes. Now it's actually a virtual thing. I found this out. There isn't actually a Raven Shield. They don't actually pass it on to anyone. No, because some fans made it up a few years. Yeah. Ago, from what I can tell. I've got in contact with them, and they've not said yes or no. But I think we should put out a competition to design the damn thing. Oh, that's a great idea. Let's get it made. Yeah, get yeah. it made and just pass it around. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who's going to... Let's have it as or... a belt, like a like a WWE belt. I mean, we, should, we should really travel with it to make sure it gets oh, yeah. safely from one oh, team to another. 100%. White gloves. Although, yes. Although I've got a feeling the guys who invented it are quite happy with it being virtual. So I'm not sure we're going to get much <laughs> okay. of a positive response. Phil, you were looking excited. Well... So, Canada next week, who do they play? Um, you said yes. So, who would they play? Georgia? No. Not Georgia. It's very similar. Uh, Romania. Romania, who just comfortably beat the USA. So, there would be a good chance of it travelling on to Romania then, who then hosts Uruguay. So, it could go around the, the yeah. tier two. That'd be, that would have been oh, brilliant. If mind. only. If yeah. Only. I will say, if... If we drew up a team, and I'm not suggesting we do this, maybe another time, but if we drew up a team of people, a, a team from lesser nations we'd like to just pluck and make project players for our own country or internationally. <laughs> Isn't this the definition of what you hate? Or, yeah, it is. Or, or instant, if you could instantly flip someone's nationality and give them a new passport, obviously people like Mamuka or Godz or whatever, but DTH, I love that guy on the wing. He's such he, a clinical finisher. He could do a job for any international team. Yeah, he's a very good player. And he, he scored in every single. Uh, group stage game in the World That's Cup. That's right, he year. did. Good knowledge. Yeah. Hell of a player. Yeah. Um, so, we're going to look ahead to the weekends, the next weekend of Autumn International Rugby. Uh, we're going to look ahead to them. So, we will discuss uh, the big matchup between Ireland and New Zealand. And that will, I know we haven't spent a lot of time on looking at Ireland Canada, but we'll spend a lot more time looking at Ireland New Zealand. Uh, but in, in exactly the same way, we spent a lot of time talking about England South Africa. We'll spend a bit less time talking about England Fiji, but we'll get into that all in a little bit. 
But the big talking point of the day, I mean, forget rugby for a second, is Donald Trump winning the White House. Indeed. And, you know, just as in America, they're trying to heal rifts between left and right, Democrats, Republicans, whatever, they're trying to heal rifts. I think in a rugby sense, we should take heed heed of that. And rather than trying to make things divisive and push people apart, we should try and heal rifts. Exactly. That's a great idea. Well, it was JB's idea, to be fair. They are, oh, Tim. We've got some music. The West Wing music. That's right. So JB tweeted out, at Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. And JB, you tweeted out uh, to ask uh, for any riffs that we can help help heal. Yeah, what we want to find <laughs> is we want to find your rugby problems. And it turns out the world of rugby is annoyingly harmonious. Uh, there's not <laughs> enough problems. You know, we call it a crisis and people are falling out. Well, probably not in rugby clubs. But luckily, we have found one guy. Mick, how are you? I'm very good, Jamie. Now, Mick, you've got a rugby club problem, which me, Phil and Tim are going to sort out. So what is your problem? Um, It's not a recent problem. In fact, it's not necessarily my problem. Um, However, because I'm past that now, I'm sort of vet stage. So, uh, But a selection dilemma is, for those who've been there, you're training your backside off on the fringes of first, second team, 15, but then others are not training, are getting selected ahead of you. Difference is marginal in terms of ability. Yeah. Um, what should the coach do? Obviously, a different set of values and rules apply for sort of under 14s because uh, they're dependent on parents getting them to the training themselves. But for adult rugby, I'm talking about what should the coaches be doing? Great question. Well, well I mean, if it was if it was Donald Trump, he'd just say, I- I'm a brilliant selector. I'm going to select such a good team. It's going to be the most amazing team to select. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fantastic. You don't, you can't believe how brilliant the selection is going to be, but this is oh my god, Mick! This is one of my absolute bugbears from yep. my from my time in in amateur rugby to in the twilight of my career, if you want to call it that. Uh, it was playing and JB. We played in the same at the same club. We did where they did this all the time. Now the interesting thing about this one as well is I think we'll all have a slightly different strategy to, of of how to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, how would you deal deal, deal with it, Tim? Uh, well. I think the way I would deal with it is the way I would deal with like if I was managing a team of people in a business you would you would set out very clearly at the start what's your expectation of me what's my expectation of you what's our agreement on what what is the values we're going to live by and then you follow that through what happened at the club we J, J, JB and I played is they did the first bit they said you've got to train to play and then they just completely ignored it yeah well uh, yes I mean I'm a, okay so this is what actually what I did I can give you a real life example of what I did I was behind when I used to play on the wing believe it or not I was behind the, the coach's son so our coach used to be Ireland International of one test Kev O'Brien and his son Ben O'Brien uh, was was ahead of me. So I handled it like a man. I set up a Facebook group in protest. <laughs> <laughs> Called it Wingers for Justice. <laughs> uh, uh, and um, I basically went around. It's basically, in my mind, if you if you are in that position, you need to be, to sneak your way around the club and ruin that guy's reputation as far as you can. <laughs> that's what I think. You find what... If, if Machiavelli had played rugby, that's what he'd have done. Yeah. JB. Yes. yeah, absolutely. Um, I then got nowhere with it because the nepotism was rife. And I was a much better player. Still am, actually. Um, <laughs> so in the end, I moved to the forwards. So, yeah, do two things. Set up a Facebook group, try and turn everyone against the individual that's in your position. And if you fail, then play another position. Phil, how would you deal with this? 
uh, I would deal with it how I deal with most things, which is just train as hard as I possibly can uh, and put put the effort in and hope that uh, the coach sees that. If I genuinely thought it was unfair, I probably would have a word with the coach and say, what do I need to do? I, yeah. is, is it a skills-based thing? Is it a performance-based thing? Well, is that, there something that well, I can do that can give me a better well, opportunity? Well, that's that's um, that's sort of judging that situation of where you think you deserve a spot and someone else is also deserving of it. And, and I would deal with that exactly as you've talked about it. But where, what Mix just talked about happens a lot in amateur rugby is where someone isn't turning up and then yeah. rock, rocks up on the Saturday with their boots and walks in the team. And I think... Oh, that, I hate I, it. I, think I hate that, it. I think that, oh, I hate it. I, I, I know amateur level people have jobs and stuff, so it's not always possible. And there are mitigating circumstances. But as a general principle that just wrecks that that wrecks team morale don't train um don't train don't play unless you're really good so what we're saying is if we're the coat on the coaching side uh we don't we never do that you've got to train to play yep if you're on the playing side we should start a campaign of hate yes exactly and actually it does tie in quite nicely with what donald trump's done (laughs) you know you tweet at them i'm now blocked from the broughton park twitter <laughs> so, yeah, and and also, there have been times in the past where you've been so annoyed we've had to revoke your. We've had to take me and Phil have had to take away your Twitter privileges <laughs> the way that Donald Trump's team did. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. So that's how we make rugby great again. Thank uh, uh, thanks for your call, Mick. Did, did, did that help? Uh, yeah, pretty so, good solution. That actually, yeah. uh, if in doubt, use subterfuge. Yeah. <laughs> so Mick, so have you been in a coaching scenario with this or playing? No, no, no. I, uh, I was probably one of the guys who you bring in and just uh, wouldn't train and get it, get picked before me. But oh, um, hum, hum, no, hum, I'm, I'm coaching younger kids nowadays, so it's uh, I've got a few years, so I've, I've I've got that to deal with. So probably another three years, and then I'll. Uh, Start getting those issues. It's, but it's, no, it's no really, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because I know that, like JB, you're in a coaching position and you want to win. You want to win and you want to be promoted. But like, I don't know. I, I just think there's a bit more honour. Yeah, you, a you, bit more honor you'd be it. horrified by how much I speak about culture when I'm coaching. It's just <laughs> other people speaking about culture that I don't like. <laughs> so yeah. All uh, right, Mick. Top well, man, Mick. Thanks. Cheers, boys. Take it easy. Have a good Sunday night. In a bit. Bye. <laughs> And yeah, so at Rugby Podcast, tweet us with a rugby problem you might have and we could uh, make rugby greater. Even oh, so, so, <laughs> no, no, sorry. like it. Get us up a little bit of finish, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yes. The great era of hope. Beautiful. Wonderful. I bet we get sued now for using the wrong, uh, like, like the wrong musical thing or not having the right license. Don't tell anyone. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, where do we go from that? Because I know Phil, Phil's prepared a rugby social. I have. And then we'll get back into looking ahead to the to the weekend's rugby. Yes, that's Just a, a good idea. A quick reminder, this is the this is the international rugby podcast. We'll have a domestic focus one uh, coming later in the week, so just subscribe. Anyway, do you want to save the rugby, pod, uh, the rugby social for the next one? To break it up? Uh, well, next one's going to be short, I okay, think, fine. 20 minutes. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just before I start on the rugby social, I just want to give a little nod to Rocky Clark who became England's most capped player ever, 115 caps. Uh, and on her record appearance, she scored a try and a win over Ireland. So well Congratulations. Done. Well done, Rocky. Overtaking Jason Leonard. Yes, indeed. Congratulations. So, Rugby Social. Rugby Social. So, I've been scouring uh, players' Twitter accounts. And when they're not plugging watch and supplements and watches, supplements, that kind of thing. You, they do you blag trainers. a lot, Supplements for your watches. 
Yeah, they blag an awful lot of stuff, but occasionally they come out with something interesting. So, first one. Billy Vanapola was marvelling at which in- invention this week. So what, what invention caught his eye this week? The wheel. <laughs> it wasn't the wheel. Uh, was it sliced bread? Was it airplanes? Or was it toilet paper? Aeroplanes. Aeroplanes are amazing. I just think aeroplanes are amazing, bro. <laughs> um, uh, I would have said aeroplanes, but I'm going to go for. Sl- I, yeah. I'm going to go for sliced bread. I know it's the obvious one, but what the heck? Uh, incorrect, both of you. No way. Toilet paper. Billy Vanapola tweeted. Uh, when was it? It was last week. Can I just say, what would we do without toilet paper? <laughs> ha- hashtag clever minds. <laughs> Guess that's why he's number eight and not busy curing cancer or solving world peace, isn't it? So uh, there we go. Incredible. Okay, he would have used sliced bread. Yep. Next one, <laughs> Tim. Um, next one, Billy and Freddie Burns' older brother Sam was preparing to play an international rugby match this week. Wow! But for who? Was it for Cyprus? Was it for Malta? Or was it for Germany? Can I go first on this one? You can go first. I'm going to say Malta. I know the ties between oh! England and Malta are close. Oh, I'll answer this and I'll tell you something interesting that might happen or might not. Um, I'm going to say it is Cyprus because they're a damn good team and I think they've got the longest winning record. So they obviously must be doing something right. Uh, oh yeah, actually, hang on. They're, they're Gloucester, aren't they? Lots of military families in, in, in Gloucester. So Cyprus, yeah. Okay. One of you's got it correct. And it is JB. Boom. Cyprus. Is it, because, Cyprus. is it a military connection? So Sam uh, Burns is part of I the... I don't know. Sam Burns is part of the winningest team ever. Yes. The most winningest team ever. I have played rugby in Cyprus. I've only trained for Limassol Crusaders. And it is one of the nicest experiences ever. They train on the beach. We played touch. And then instead of showering, we all just got into the sea. And then we went straight over the road and had a pint. It was, it was like heaven. It was, <laughs> it was honestly brilliant. I thought this is this is why people move away. This mm. this is it right here. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. Okay. Oh, sorry. That a uh, bit of news. That I was going to say. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I might be coaching a team in Georgia. Would you believe it? In Tbilisi. In Tbilisi. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to go to Tbilisi. Maybe not this time of year. What? That, yeah. Um, my old school is the first school ever to tour in Georgia. So I might be going there, potentially, as a coach. So St. David's College are taking a tour to, to Georgia. First ever, ever school Brilliant. to do it. So I might, I might be going uh, yeah, Unreal. to assist. Unreal. If they, if they want it to be documented in pod form, <laughs> let them know. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Georgia talk, almost as much as there is USA talk. Oh, oh, and also, sorry, the other thing which we might do as well is go to, is it Re- Rema- the Romania game? Yeah, because we were. Oh yes, that's one bit of news. the The Premiership game in New York City is not happening. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Uh, is this definitely? Has it been announced? It it's had, not been announced, but I, it would. You wouldn't announce that you're not doing a game because they never announced the game, have they? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's it is not. I, I know. I know it to be true. Such it, a letdown. It is definitely not happening. So we're not going to have our New York excursion in March. <sighs> so we might go to Romania instead. So yeah, Romania are playing Georgia <laughs> in Bucharest. 
and I was looking at flights, and I don't want to ruin, I don't want to f- drive the price up, but from <laughs> from Stansted, for example, you could do a return flight to Bucharest for forty four pounds. Wow. Oh my word! Wow, you wet my appetite a lot now. Yep. Maybe and then the, uh, I, I the, can, the petrol consumption just trying to get out of the AJ Bell Stadium is higher than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Yeah, you know, my uh, collection of rescue flares for the AJ Bell, <laughs> 44 quid. Um, yeah, the best thing about IRB taking second-tier nations seriously, and even third-tier nations, are the, the places that we can go. Yeah. I mean, why has this not been a thing anyway? Yeah. So, anyway, uh, sorry, so, next So, question. maybe boys not out in Bucharest in the, mi- in the middle of March next next year, if you fancy it. We're, we, could, we should get in touch with, like, a, a, a tour type company and anyway well anyway, anyway we'll work on all this de- yeah. I'm, if i'm not going to america i'm definitely doing that hear so, me now believe me later well the one thing i did think in the weekend that we thought the premiership game was going to happen the vegas sevens is happening in, in <laughs> usa believe me now uh, hear me now believe me later i'm not going to book a rest <laughs> <laughs> right jb winning one nil final question okay paolo or dogwoo oh where's ellis genge this week no oh, ellis genge watch uh, we've run that well dry Paolo for a, a week. Paolo Adogwu, on Wednesday afternoon, was entertaining himself with what? Was it Top Gun and a Belgian bun? Was it Sister Act and a Caramac? Or was it Field of Dreams and some Custard Creams? Oh, wow, Phil, I love it. Uh, uh, go on, JB, you can go first. I give, me, give me the snacks again. The snacks were a Belgian bun, which obviously you'd watch with Top Gun. With Top Gun. A Caramac, which you'd watch with Sister Act. And some custard creams, which you'd watch with Field of Dreams. Oh. Oh. Um, if you don't want to answer, I'll answer. Yeah, you go, mate. <laughs> uh, top Gun with a Belgian bun. Uh, Caramac. Sister Act. Sister Act with a No, car- he's not going to watch Sister Act. He's a man. Um, it's all right. Whoopi Goldberg appeals to all, all genders. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> custard creams. Uh, custard creams. Field is, of dreams. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Custard creams is incorrect. I knew it. And Top Gun is also incorrect. Oh, yes, I win. No. Sister act with a caramel. <laughs> Sister act with a caramel. Hashtag day goals. <laughs> Whatever that means from from Paolo. Uh, Paolo mm. Adogu. Oh, we learned something about what he calls himself. Uh, he he. Paolo Adogu refers to himself as the Marcus Rashford of rugby. Does he? Yep. Wow. Wow. So it'd be... well, Jonathan Mills told us that. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. Mills. So he calls himself the Marcus Rashford of uh, rugby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Marcus Rashford of rugby receives the ball from the King of Wilmslow. Yes. <laughs> Some great nicknames in that sales squad. Sam James, King of uh, Don't forget da- Danny Giprioni. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Giprioni is the best nickname in rugby. It's also highly politically incorrect. Yeah, yeah. It's fine now. It's a different time that we live in. <laughs> da- Dan Mugford can be called Danny Giprioni. Absolutely. Fine. Uh, right, so we get th- that's, that's Rugby Social. Good work, Philip. And well done, JB, for winning. Thank you. Now let's look ahead. International Rugby this weekend, August International Weekend number three. So I'll fly through some of the uh, lesser games. Mm-hmm. So Harlequins host the Mario All Blacks. Uh, Mario All Blacks, who lost, were beaten, beaten very well by Munster last week. Then Georgia hosts Samoa, mm-hmm. which I'd expect Georgia to win. 
Germany hosts Brazil, which will be interesting. That will be interesting. Brazil beat uh, USA. Yes, of course. So that actually will might they be might, a good game. And, yeah, and Germany beat Uruguay. So that might actually be quite good. Yeah, follow, um, there's a couple of guys on, on Twitter to follow regarding that. Paul Tate would be one, yep. who is uh, the editor of America's Rugby. Oh, of South, yeah, South America. So, America's so, Rugby. Sorry, Paul, can't remember. Uh, and um, also Rich, um, Rich, uh, Rick Freeman, uh, Rich Freeman, who follows uh, Japanese rugby. Both good Twitter accounts, if you like that sort of, that sort of thing. Yep. Then we've got Italy hosting South Africa. Now, did either of you see Italy's hammering against uh, the All Blacks? Yeah, I felt sorry for them. Why are these te- Why? Why is this team considered a tier one nation? It's, it's beyond me. Yeah. It's an experiment that needs to die. They're kind of a tier 1.5 nation, aren't yeah. they? They're not really... They're only a, a tier one. Oh, they're really that played. much better than the tier twos. We could no. go back on a loop to the expanding the six nations, maybe two, oh, no. two lots of five nations with a one-up, one-down. No, no, let's, let's no, Georgia, no. Georgia, Romania. I mean, we don't need to go no. around there yeah. again, but no. there's an argument for it. Won't there is an argument. It. Won't even consider it. Okay. Uh, so let's... Let's say South Africa are going to get back on the horse on this one. It's a good good way for them to build to their tougher games. Yep. Uh, then some more uh, Tier 2 games. Spain host Uruguay, which will be interesting. Romania host Canada for the nearly Rayburn Shield match. Uh. Tonga play uh, United States in Spain, in San, Sebast- San Sebastian. That's a game I'd go to. We we actually looked at going to this. We can't, can't couldn't get flights there. You know who who's who's we? Me me and you. Oh, did we? Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> and on a on a rugby group that we're in, uh, impossible to get there. Oh yeah yeah you're right actually. Okay. You can on, you can only get within about six hundred kilometers of it. And isn't and isn't it fortunate that you didn't organise that, Philip? It's very fortunate because you're going to be somewhere else. I am. We'll come on to that in a second. Uh, the other lower tier game is Chile hosting. South Korea in Santiago. Wow. Which will be interesting. Mm. Um, but the big games. So England hosting Fiji is not so much of a big game. You'd expect to see some more combinations yep. from, yep. Ro- from Ro- Eddie Jones. Rocco will get a run out. You'll, I hope, yeah. You'll see Nathan Hughes starting at eight. I don't think Rocco will get a run out at all. Well, you've already almost got the second choice wingers in. I'd, I'd like to see Rocco have a run out. Uh, although... Rocco probably doesn't want to run out because when you see uh, Vakatawa playing for France against Fiji, he gets absolutely smashed. Oh, I've seen that. It, they, that I thought it was Fiji versus Samoa. That was a France game. F- Fiji versus France in the sevens. Every time that France play Fiji, they target Vakatawa. Is that right? Yeah. I've seen someone got absolutely hammered. Green and Gold put it out and it's like a little gif. Uh, well, no, it's every single time he pl- France play Fiji, they just target him. Wow. Uh, so it might not be the best game for Rocco to play in. Okay. Especially not because he's in my fantasy draft rugby team, and I don't want him to get injured. Uh, but we're all expecting an England win. Yeah. yeah. Wales play Japan again. Wales win. Regulation Wales win. Making, um, ma- making some changes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully Wales can actually throw the ball wide a little bit. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, we've then got Scotland-Argentina, which I think will be an interesting game. Yeah, it will be. Um, so, Argentina... I, again, the way they've scheduled this, if I were going to schedule this, I wouldn't put, I would put England and Wales' games on at the same time, then Scotland and Ireland's games on at the same time, because yeah. I kind of... I Even as an Englishman, I could quite happily not watch the England-Fiji game live in favour of watching two of the more competitive matchups. Yeah. 
I say that, and I bet Fiji bloody win. Um, <laughs> imagine, imagine. Well, did you did either of you see Fiji on Friday night against the Barbars? No, I didn't. It wasn't a good performance at all. Barbars were twenty eight nil up after twenty minutes. Oh, yeah. um, a Fiji player that's moved clubs. Actually, we'll talk about that in the Premiership pod. Good idea. Uh, so Scotland and Argentina will be interested. Now Argentina looked very rusty against um, against Wales, probably not helped by the fact that they had to travel from Japan to Wales mm. in the week. Um, so they they should be a bit more acclimatised over the jet lag and should play some better rugby. But Scotland are also playing some very nice rugby, so that might be a, a, a nice little one to watch. Yeah. But of course no one will be watching because 5.30 on Saturday is... Ireland, New Zealand, which is where I will be. Oh, oh who are you going with, Philip? Uh, me and CJ. Nice friend of friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, CJ. CJ, very lucky boy. CJ, I'd love to have gone, but how much were the how much were the flights? Uh, about two hundred for the flights. And where are you staying? Uh, we've got an Airbnb again, another two hundred. Oh no, thanks. Uh, oh. But free tickets, thanks to Canterbury, who do tend to look after us. Yeah. Oh, and we've got a lion shirts, but we can't put them on today. Because we don't have Facebook Live, because we have not finished our upgrading of the studio. But next week we will be full kit wankers. We're just we're just wearing standard lion stash rather yeah, than the so proper, yeah. rather than the untouchable shirt, we'll save, which we'll save I am it. touching. Touching, I'm touching right now. I'm we'll touching save, your we'll, shirt as well. We'll actually. save the lion shirt for our yeah for our Facebook Live live pod next week. Now, Ireland, New Zealand, can lightning strike twice? Yes. No. Yes, it can. I I believe. Oh, it can. It can. Yeah. I believe. Not only do I believe. I think back in the view that place will be rocking. The atmosphere will be unbelievable. Oh, it's going to be... I think this might be one of the most watched games, most anticipated games, maybe in the last, I don't know, five or ten years? Yeah. I mean, I can't remember something so exciting. Yeah, well, I'm more excited for this game than I was for the World Cup final. Yeah. Because the World Cup final almost felt like... A foregone conclusion. Yeah, routine. I think the All Blacks are a little bit... Their confidence would have been knocked. Yep. I mean, have you ever been in a team which has been winning constantly and then you have that loss and you feel sick? Well, Sean Fitzpatrick, it once happened to... He was captaining the New Zealand team and it was a, it was, it was a quote that gets rolled out a lot by New Zealanders. And he said apparently after they, they, they tasted their first defeat in years and years, what, in a couple of years, he said... He just... Quite a famous quote from him. He just said, I want every single one of you to remember this feeling now and focus on never, ever feeling like this again. And I think that's pretty much the what they'll be channeling. They are yeah. World Cup winners. That They've got two-time World Cup winners all over that side. Yeah, but do you know what the problem yeah. is, Tim? People try and play New Zealand. They try and do things in New Zealand, um, which New Zealand can easily overcome. It's slowing down the ball, beating them, up, beating them up up front, blah, blah, blah. Ireland didn't do that. They beat them at their own game. Yeah, Ireland... Well, we know, a... we know this. They've just got to score more points. Exactly right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ireland had well. They only conceded four penalties all game. You can't see them managing that again. No, that is they unusual. Caught, they caught New Zealand a bit cold in the centres with injuries, and then injuries in the game. That won't happen again. You wouldn't think. And I don't the, think it the matters. Locks, the locks they struggled the with. Locks they struggled with. Locks. They tried putting Jerome Kano in there. That didn't work. Yeah, and they've. Um, I think Retallick was playing this weekend, so yeah. they're getting at least some locks. And, and Scott Barrett is looking very good, actually. Yeah, all fine, but I don't think. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not writing off New Zealand because that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> but I think Ireland will win this. Uh, I'm hoping for an Ireland win because I'll be out there. And the atmosphere. I mean, the atmosphere when's the last will time be... New Zealand went somewhere with the other team having an actual chance to win, and the atmosphere being such, you know, the crowd are expecting now. This is like the Conor McGregor Diaz fights 
but in reverse. Does that make sense? Uh, I don't get the analogy because I don't understand the... Well, there was a rematch, wasn't there? UFC yes, rematch exactly. was last night, right? I, no, no, no. no. Was was a, going, so oh, was Conor good. McGregor lost, and then the rematch was massive. Well, this is the opposite because this has been Conor McGregor winning. Yeah. And now we've got the rematch. So it's going to be huge. And I just wonder if... I think, yeah, I think Ireland are going to do it. I hope they do. I'm not so sure. Um, I think New Zealand will have learnt from a few mistakes they made in that game. But what, what do you think they're, they're going to do differently? Well, then, I, th- then I think they're, they're going to play territory more. I think they were yeah. they were forced uh, to play deep in their own half because Ireland scored those points early and then it felt like they were chasing the game. So they were trying to play from all over the, the pitch. Yeah. And Ireland's defence was outstanding. Yeah. And New Zealand kicked very, very few times in that match. I think they'll go with, as, as I talked about on last week's podcast, I think they'll go with two ball-playing back three players rather than two big wingers. Big, yeah. yeah. I don't think that's yeah, a bad put, shout. Put Israel Dag. Because you can have, you can have yeah. Surveyor or Naholo, yeah. but you need Dag and Smith. Yeah. Can I just point out, though, the All Blacks Deak, are Deak and Deak. Smith. imperious in that, you know, the first half of the second half, that, that third quarter, right? That's yeah. when they pile on, pile on pressure. And they did it, did it against Ireland. So the thought of Ireland not scoring points early and then not chasing the game, well, that's just not how all black games pan out. It and doesn't matter who they're playing. And you know what? And we've already talked about it on this podcast when we talked about Ireland. The difference with Ireland now is 60 minutes, they're blowing, they're ahead. You bring on Peter Romani. Yeah. And you bring on Altan Delan. Yeah. Big impact. You bring on Peter Bealham looked great. You bring on Kean well, Healy. Kean Healy comes off the bench. Yeah, Sean Cronin replaces Rory it's, Best. It's a really, really... You, yeah. I mean, it makes a big difference. They can match the All Blacks in every position. They might not be better than the All Blacks in every position, but they can match them. Yeah. You know, and they've got the bench as well. It's not yeah. just the All Blacks that have a good bench. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be dynamite. And I will enjoy it even more because I'm booked in for a bottomless brunch just before oh, it. Oh, you break my heart. Unlimited mimosas for a couple of hours just before it. Of what oh, I would do to <laughs> If it wasn't December coming up. <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway. give you good seats as well. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, you idiot. <laughs> and then there's one final game. Sorry, I'm just going to say, I, I, I think New Zealand will win by 13. Ireland just... by tw- uh, 10. New Zealand by 7. But I hope Ireland by five. Do you want to borrow an Ireland shirt? I've got some Ireland shirts. Are you going to wear your Ulster shirt? Uh, I might wear my... I'll be, taking, no, I'll no. be taking, taking my Ulster shirt. No, you won't do that. Do you know what you'll do? I'll you probably won't... be wearing tweed. Yeah, you'll wear a jacket and you'll wear a tie. I am going to... Have you seen my uh, woolen fox tie? Oh, I have seen your woolen fox tie. Very nice. Yeah, I might be wearing that. And uh, your very dear tie. Little dear. My, yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry, rather in, expensive. Sorry, in joke, in joke. Let's just crack on. <laughs> tie jokes. Uh, right, final final international game. This was supposed to be a shorter pod, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, all right. It's only an hour and ten. Uh, okay. Final, in- yeah, there's a bit to cut out. Final international game, which I think will be very interesting, is France versus Australia. Now, I've watched the France-Samoa game, and admittedly, it's against weak opposition, because Samoa did look a bit all over the place. Yeah. But France actually start to look like they've got the basis of a good team. They've got Fafana playing well, Vakatawa's playing very well. Uh, and importantly, the, we, we frequently speak about the 8-9-10 combination, and they've got three outstanding players at 8-9-10. Pickamons is back to his best. Yep. They've got Machinode, who you rate incredibly highly. Yeah, Jay. I think he's the best nine in the world. That's a hell of a statement. Yeah, uh, I think he's a very, very good nine, and he's a very good controlling nine. But they've also got Tran Duke, who's on form. He's like an amazing Ben Youngs. 
He's, I think he's better than Ben Young. Yeah, an amazing yeah. Ben Youngs. Um, and they were they were spreading the ball wide, throwing it about, crisp passing, exciting, dangerous back three players and centres with Fafana, and a pack that can more than hold its own. So I think this will be a really, really interesting game. It's nine nine PM kickoff, so I'm not sure how much I'll get to watch of it over in Dublin. Oh, it's so ten o'clock in this country or eight o'clock in this country. Yeah, uh, yeah, nine nine PM Central European time. Oh, lovely. Oh, that is nice. Uh, I will say this: I have not seen anything of France of late. I saw them on on their summer tour, but it doesn't give you any indication of how good they are because obviously the players in the top fourteen final didn't even travel. <laughs> yeah. So you know, what does that tell you? So I've got a, a historic view of France, which is they're not very good. And I've seen Australia, and Australia look better. So I'm going to go with Australia. Interesting. Based only on that. I'm going to go with France, I'm, actually. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pick France. Yeah. France, I, are not, France, and, France and South Africa are two teams that should be incredible. And until they are, rugby's not quite right. Yeah. You need that kind of world order to yeah. be established, don't yeah, you? Yeah, and also, they've got, they've got to be good in the right way. Yeah. So, like, France have got to be just, you know... Offloading yeah. all over the place and running yeah. incredible running angles and from attacking from behind their own line. And South Africa have got to be basically all... Uh, all uh, I was going to say Dylan Alberts. What, what, what's his first name? Willem. Willem. Willem Alberts. Who is proud Nin- on the pounds, by the way. Who's 19 stone open side flanker. Yeah, well, hang on. <laughs> this, this made me laugh. He wears, he wears six. Yes. Just like England, they're open side flank and we're six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you say the South African six is a seven, right? So yeah. I, was, I was watching the game, and the South African seven is massive. Like, oh, he's huge. But there again, seven is six in South Africa. No doubt their six is a, you know, a, you know, a little go-getter. No, 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 no. <laughs> no it's, so uh, the guy who was wearing Peter seven... Peter Steph de Twat. Yeah. yeah, who's six foot seven and best <laughs> yeah. part of 19 stone. So Warren Whiteley is actually the guy who does the seven yeah. work. Yeah. Even though he doesn't. Like four guys that have played international lock in their pack yeah yeah is that right and not, yeah massive massive men yeah unreal so locks in the back row is last season's sevens everywhere in the back row yeah it looks yeah yeah but then it just it hasn't seemed to be working well, well like look at new zealand put jerome kano from back row into lock you can't do it that way around but you can put locks into the back row that's fine absolutely <laughs> it's og yeah uh, the last, uh, actually locks going oh, sorry back rows going to locks have got an awful record Nick uh, Easter. Uh, I'll give you another one. Martin Corey. Oh, yeah. He captained England from Locke. Michael yeah. Owen, Welsh. Yep. No, he was terrible at Locke. Yeah, it doesn't work. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And the only person who should have played back row on Locke was Sam Burgess. Sam yes. Burgess. So Not Locke. No, Locke's ridiculous, mate. <laughs> Six. We've been through this. We've been over this. <laughs> no, seven. He, he, would have, he would have been, in any jo- what, with what Eddie Jones wants, <laughs> a defensive... Yeah. A defensive Ball yep. carrying back row player, abrasive, abrasive work rate. Oh my word! If Eddie Jones gets Sam Burgess next year, next year, hear me now, believe me later. Next season's England seven is going to be Paul Ferns. In- oh, interesting. We've already talked about it on the previous. It's going to happen. Because has it been announced that he's gone to um, Gloucester? That, that Gloucester, he's been announced now, hasn't it? I, well, no, I have no idea. Uh, I mean, I've heard speculation, but there's nothing official. But that, that is a speculation. Three year deal is the is the speculation. There's, there's other rumours, let's call them rumours, flying around that uh, Big Jim Hamilton and uh, Petrus Duplessis will, 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 somewhere. will go to London, London Irish. Irish. Ah, yeah, yeah, I've heard that one. London Irish. Um, again, well, I look at Vincent Cock, he did look good, to be fair. Harrison's have got a yeah. quality prop in him. Yeah. Yeah, I was tweeting, actually, and uh, the tweet went along the lines of, 
how excited would Tim get if there was a player mixed between Willie LaRue and Vincent Cock, Willie Cock? You would you'd lose your mind, surely. It was it, it was it in the summer. BJ Botha. Oh my god, stop it, stop it, stop it. Yeah, we must be like let me write that down and note. Uh, revisit the porn fifteen. Excellent. Good work. Um, who was it? Was it was it Ben Kay in the summer, the England A tour? Yeah. Who took great pleasure in the talking about how in wet conditions het, 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 in wet conditions Hepburn had got right in the it got cock, cock was getting right in the face of Hepburn exactly <laughs> right so have we gone over everything we need to I think so yes cool uh, listen to the domestic podcast which is coming in a couple of days which will focus on the Premiership Pro 12 and all the rest of it and will feature an end of pod stash tag and we'll be sharing some of the brilliant hashtag bro science hashtag boiled egg squats that we got uh, this last week so listen to that one but if you don't have to try and remind yourself to listen to the second podcast of the week just subscribe and it'll happen automatically good work phil thank you tim nice one jb thank you tim in a bit bye-bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 